Hi, need a ride? Hop on in. I'm headed to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Come on, let's go. We made it just in time. Come on, let's go get a seat. Hey everybody, welcome to Julia's Truckin' Cafe. Everybody have a seat? Come on in, sit down. Everybody get a drink? Great. Now just sit back and enjoy the show. I have lots of news to get to, as always, so let's get right to it. A major interstate is closed for a deadly shooting. In Oklahoma, the highway patrol has closed down both directions of I-35 for a suspect shooting at vehicles. This happened on June 10th. The shooting was reported on Monday morning, June 10th, on I-35 in northeastern Oklahoma City, according to the Oklahoma local news. Initial reports indicate that a man was shooting at vehicles at I-35 and northeast 10th Street. At least four vehicles were reportedly struck by gunfire. When, poli- excuse me, when police arrived on the scene, they realized that the suspect was standing on the shoulder of the interstate. Officers and the suspect exchanged gunfire, and the suspect was struck. Police say that the suspect died at the scene. Both directions of I-35 were shut down for the incident. Drivers were asked to avoid the area. Police believe that a tanker truck may have been hit by the shooter. This incident is still under investigation. And another shooting at a truck stop leads to a standoff with police. This was on the 10th. Illinois police have confirmed that a suspect has been arrested following a shooting at a truck stop over the weekend. Not this last weekend, over Father's Day, the previous weekend. The incident took place on the night of Saturday, June 8th at the TA truck stop off of I-90 in Hampshire, Illinois. Details about the shooting remain scarce, but the Kane County Sheriff's Office confirmed that there were shots fired at the truck stop. After the shooting, the truck stop, the, excuse me, after the shooting, the suspect fled to the truck stop. Officers with the Kane County Sheriff's Office were able to locate the suspect and surround the semi-truck at another location after the truck stop shooting. Police say that they used an armored vehicle to approach the front of the truck safely, provide commands to surrender, and resolve the situation peacefully. It isn't clear at this time whether anyone was injured during the shooting and the identity of the suspect has not yet been released. CDL Life has reached out to local authorities to learn more about this incident and they will update the article when more information is available and then I will report an update on my program. A group tells Congress thousands of truck drivers are illicit drug users and recommends 300,000 drivers per. During a major meeting, between trucking industry stakeholders and Congress today, and this was on June 12th, a group comprised of multiple mega carriers, of course, 
told lawmakers that they have evidence that thousands of truck drivers are, quote, manipulating, in quote, drug testing protocols and should be removed from the nation's highways. Well, I wouldn't want to um, be on the highway with somebody that's stoned, high, drunk, or anything else. On Wednesday, June 12th, Numerous trucking industry groups met with the U.S. House of Representatives Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure for a hearing called, quote, Under Pressure, the State of Trucking in America, end quote. Groups like American Trucking Association, ATA, and the Owner-Operator Independent Driver Association, otherwise known as OOIDA, were in attendance at this hearing. One of these groups, the Alliance for Driver Safety and Security, more commonly known as the Trucking Alliance, told lawmakers that they believe that, quote, thousands of commercial truck drivers are illicit drug users, end quote, and that they have the drug testing data to back up their claims. The Trucking Alliance issued a statement to accompany their testimony to Congress, which reads in part, the Trucking Alliance recently submitted data to USDOT showing compelling evidence that thousands of habitual drug users are manipulating federal drug test protocols and obtaining jobs as commercial truck drivers. The survey data compared the pre-employment drug test results of 151,662 truck driver applicants who were asked to submit to two drug tests, a urinalysis and a hair analysis. Almost all applicants held an active commercial driver's license. 94% of the truck driver applicants tested drug-free. However, thousands of applicants failed either or both of those tests. Alarmingly, now let me stop right there. Out of 4 million truck drivers, they only tested 151,662. That's not even a 32nd of the, of the population out here. I don't appreciate them telling Congress any of this garbage. Anyway, that's my editorial. Alarmingly, the urinalysis, the only method recognized by USDOT and relied on by almost all trucking company employers, actually failed to identify most drug abusers. The urinalysis detected drugs in 949 applicants, about 1% of the population. However, 8.6% or 8,878 truck driver applicants either failed or refused the hair test. So but let's put it another way. The urinalysis missed out 9 out of 10 actual illicit drug users. The most prevalent drug was cocaine, followed by opioids and marijuana. Applicants who failed to refuse the hair test were disqualified for employment at these companies, but likely obtained the same job elsewhere at companies that administer only a urinalysis. This survey is the first of its kind in the trucking industry. The results represent a statistically valid sample. Really? According to the American Trucking Association, there are 3.5 million commercial drivers out here. The survey can project with a 99% confidence level and a margin of error of plus or minus 1%. 
that 301,000 commercial truck drivers would fail or refuse a hair analysis today for illegal drug use. The survey results are compelling evidence that thousands of habitual drug users are skirting a system designed to prohibit drug use and transportation. Thousands of drug abusers are obtaining jobs as truck drivers despite their drug use. Now this is all quoted from this trucking alliance. Based on the results of their finding, the trucking alliance recommended that more than 300,000 truck drivers be purged from the industry. Quote, this survey can project as many as 301,000 commercial drivers would fail or refuse a hair test. The solicit drug users must be identified and taken out of commercial trucks and off the nation's highways. The trucking industry has no greater safety issue than to aggressively address illegal drug use among commercial drivers, end quote. The group is asking Congress to speed up the hair-based drug testing guidelines that are currently under development by the Department of Health and Human Services so that they can be applied within the trucking industry. The Trucking Alliance says that they are comprised of several of the largest carriers in the U.S. and the member companies employ 82,000 professional drivers and logistics personnel. There's also a video to this article where it is the meeting in the House of Representatives and you could view it, the article, in the show notes. This episode of Julia's Trucking Cafe is brought to you by My Patriot Supply. As truck drivers, we all know what it's like to be at a shipper's or receiver's and have to wait to be loaded for or unloaded for hours on end. Am I right? Especially produce coolers, grocery warehouses, and paper mills. So, we have a new sponsor, My Patriot Supply. Now, it's not what you're thinking. My Patriot Supply is emergency food. And they also sell survival gear. They have food kits that are good up to 25 years. They come in a slimline tote or plastic tote that you could easily store in your pantry or underneath your bunk. Now, I speak from experience. After living through Hurricane Katrina in my mobile home, we were without power for 10 days, my mother, my son, and I. And if it weren't for the MREs that were flown into us, we wouldn't have had any food. Four 60-foot pine trees broke in half during that storm and landed across my driveway and landlocked me in. And I couldn't get out to get food. There were four-mile gas lines then. So if I knew then what I know now about my Patriot Supply, I would definitely have some of this food stockpiled in my pantry. And let me tell you, I got the ammo can that is only $39 for a week's worth of food. And man, is it delicious. You ha- It has Ziploc bags. You zip open the bag. You don't have to. I'm just myself, so I don't have to make the whole package. I make just a portion of it, mix it up with hot water, and man, is it delicious. Now, for a limited time, you can get that one-week food supply in that handy ammo can for just $39. And they even offer gluten-free food for just under $100. So go to my website at juliastruckatcafe.com and click on the emergency food supply tab. You scroll down, click on any of the images to find out more information and how much it would cost you. Stay prepared for anything that happens with my Patriot Supply that you can find located at juliastruckingcafe.com. Click on the emergency food tab. 
stay prepared today. A trucker was suspended for texting while driving. He says bad cell phone service was to blame. A semi-truck driver who found himself in hot water with his company for texting behind the wheel says that he's innocent and blaming poor cell phone service for the misunderstanding. A recent report from Chicago TV station says that truck driver Glenn Kraft was suspended from his job with Nestle after he was accused of sending a text while he was driving down the road. Kraft says that Nestle accused him of sending a text message to his boss while he was still driving his daily route from East Dundee, Illinois to Appleton, Wisconsin and back. Nestle reportedly suspended Kraft for violating company policy against texting and driving. And Nestle's not, we know this, and Nestle's not the only one that has that rule. But Kraft claims that the whole thing is a big misunderstanding brought on by bad cell service. Though his driving log showed that he was on the road while the text message was sent, Kraft contends that he sent the text message to his boss while his truck was stopped on the shoulder of the road. He says that he started his truck and continued down the road and that the text did not go through for several minutes after he hit the send button because of poor coverage from his cell phone service provider, Boost Mobile. Now, we all know that happens. Either it doesn't go through right away or it takes an extended period of time. How many people have done that? You're even parked in a truck stop and you send a message and you're in only one or two bars in a, in a service area and it takes a while to send it. So we've all been there. So the local news reports were able to confirm that a text message sent in the same area from another phone took over nine minutes to go through. Kraft is waiting to hear whether he'll keep his job with Nestle and maintains that he did nothing wrong. I don't know how you could be fired for a bad signal or suspended. Why would I text and drive and text it to my bosses? So I did a, did a little di digging and there's another an update to this report. It says truck trucker accused of texting and fired over bad cell service is offered his job back. This is as of June 12th. I thought I saw an update. So a truck driver who was fired because his employer believed that he was texting behind the wheel due to spotty cell phone service was offered his job back along with back pay, according to a new report. Nestle truck driver Glenn Kraft was recently fired. First they suspended him, then he was, they say he's fired, but there again, only take what I tell you with a grain of salt because I'm getting it from a source and they're not very reliable. I have to do some digging. After he was suspended after he appeared to send a text message to his boss while he was behind the wheel. He wasn't. He was pulled over on the side of the road. However, Kraft maintained that he was sitting on the shoulder when he sent the text and that bad cell phone service in the area caused a delay in the sending of the message. Why would I text and drive and text it to my boss, he asked. Following a report from the local news station, Nestle reversed its decision to fire Kraft, offering him his job back and even promising him back pay. So, there, like I mentioned before, this happens and you send a text, it is delayed, and it's just, just no reason for it whatsoever. In other news, troopers announced Operation Bypass Trucker Crackdown. The Illinois State Police have announced that they'll be conducting enhanced enforcement details designed to catch truckers who avoid way stations. 
The enforcement campaign is called Operation Bypass, and it is designed to target truck drivers who knowingly avoid the fixed way stations located in District 5 when the scales are open and operational. Troopers said via press release that the goal of the operation is to reduce personal injury crashes involving commercial motor vehicles and identify unsafe truck drivers and vehicles. And that's a load of crap. We all know that's a load of crap. They're trying to find somebody that's overweight. So, you know, of course they're going to tell that to the press. There are six way stations located in Illinois, District 5. I-55, north to south, near Bolinbrook, that's in Chicago, a suburb of Chicago. I-80, east and west, near Frankfurt. And I-57, near P-E-O-T-O-N-E, Peoton. I might be butchering that on the north and south side. That really sounds like that's right around the Chicago area as you're leaving uh, outskirts of Chicago. Usually on the south, southwest side, I think. The Illinois State Police remind commercial vehicle drivers that, quote, all vehicles weighing 8 tons, 16,000 pounds or more, shall stop to be weighed. Even if the truck is empty and does not have a load, the driver is still required to stop and be weighed when the scale is open, end quote. I call bullshit. In the press release detailing the operation, troopers say that they learn that some truckers may be using an app in order to help the vo- avoid the open scales. Yeah, it's called Trucker Path. Uh, quote, during our enforcement details, we have learned that there's a smartphone application called, quote, Trucker Path. This application is a real-time-based application which identifies way stations and scales throughout the United States. This disturbing portion of this application allows users to input data in real-time to indicate the status of a scale, whether it is opened or closed. Users can also add comments and indicate if there are law enforcement vehicles present at the scale. Unsafe truck drivers can access and input data, texting while driving, into this application while they are operating a commercial vehicle. Well, no shit, Sherlock. Some unsafe drivers make a decision to bypass the scale based on the information they receive from this app. And if there's any indication of any law enforcement vehicle present at the scale, boo-hoo is what I say. I need to get Bugs Bunny on here going, boo-hoo-hoo, don't I? What do you think? Should I get Bugs? In addition to looking for truckers who are bypassing the scales, the Illinois State Police says that officers on Operation Bypass Detail will be enforcing all other commercial vehicle rules and regulations with the intent of removing unsafe trucks and drivers from the road. You notice how I'm being real facetious about this, right? Because I think this is a joke. But anyway. Troopers said that during the enforcement campaign, quote, drivers who demonstrate a lack of understanding of their duties and responsibilities while operating a commercial motor vehicle may be subjected to retesting of their commercial driver's license at their respective Department of Motor Vehicle facility. Well, that's a good idea. Now, I'll give them kudos for that. You know, especially what happened out in Denver. So, yeah, start cracking down on these non-English-speaking people and the ones that uh, go 100 mile an hour, you know, like a bat out of hell. You need to have your guys, if you want, you, you guys need to listen to me, you need to have law enforcement not at the scales. You need to have a couple of miles before the scales and a couple of miles after the scales. So if they bypass, you can nab them on either side. I pull in. My weight, my shit is right. 
I pull in and I ain't got a problem. Go ahead and inspect me, even though I never get inspected. But anyway, on to the article. During two recent three-hour operation bypass details that have already been conducted near way stations I-55 and Iowa 80, troopers performed 36 inspections and issued eight out of service orders and four overweight violation citations. They say that also issued an additional 32 citations, 52 warnings, and 24 bypass citations, and 19 bypass warnings. Additional operation bypass details are planned for the future. And in other news, a truck hauling paper explodes at the diesel pumps on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. A tractor trailer hauling paper caught fire and exploded at the PA Turnpike station earlier on June 11th. The explosion happened shortly after 3 a.m. at the westbound New Stanton Service Plaza near mile marker 77. The truck driver was reportedly not aware that his brakes had caught on fire when he pulled up to the diesel pumps at the service station. Um, let's see. Wait a minute. Stop. Hold a phone. Yeah, my brakes are smoking. Um, that's called tunnel vision and not rotating thy head. Looking out your left mirrors. I tell drivers all the time, left mirror, dash, windshield, right mirror windshield dash left mirror your head needs to be rotating all the time if he was looking out his mirrors he would have seen his brakes were on fire this truck was soon engulfed in flames and the fire spread to the fuel island authorities say that the pumps were immediately shut off to keep the fire from growing thank god somebody was smart the youngwood fire chief lloyd crago said that he was on the scene working to knock down the fire when the truck exploded Debris missed him by only two feet. He said someone was watching over him tonight when the truck exploded. A piece of truck shrapnel, let's say, uh, missed him by about two feet. Firefighters said it took them about a half an hour to extinguish the truck fire. And yeah, it's a mess. No injuries were reported, but the service plaza was evacuated. Authorities say that the gasoline services should be restored about noon on June 11th, but the diesel pumps sustained heavy damage, and it's not clear when they are going to reopen. So don't plan on getting any diesel around New Stanton Service Plaza. It could be from a few weeks to months, depending upon the damage that they're still investigating. Again, that happened last week, so don't bother buying any uh, fuel over in... Uh, on the PA Pike at Newstand. One person is dead and one in critical condition following a crash on I-270 on June 3rd. Authorities confirmed that at least one person has died in a serious accident in southwest Columbus. According to Franklin County Sheriff's Office around 2.30 p.m., an Obitz police officer alerted them to a crash on I-270. Chief Deputy Jim Gilbert said a dump truck driver driven by Charles Reichardt, 56, was traveling westbound on I-270 in the far right lane when it crossed three lanes into the median, traveling through a steel cable barrier and rolled into the eastbound lanes of 270. The dump truck hit a box truck and two cars. Authorities say apparently the driver's side of Richard's front tire blew apart 
causing the truck to lose control. Now you could imagine, now this is a tandem dump truck and a, and the steer tire go out on it. I'm surprised he kept it upright. I'm really, really did. And granted, he had two cars and everything, but that thing wasn't stopping. Not, not at all. So I'm, you know, cool, you know, feel bad for the people that, that passed away in that accident, but it could have been a hell of a lot worse. So now for safety recall. If you listen to my show and you are a current listener and been listening to me for the last, oh, about a year and a half I've been doing this now, you know that as soon as I find out something, y'all find out about it. I uh, may be, I'm about running about a week late on the news, but by the time I get the news and look at it and research it and then record the show and everything, yeah, it takes me a little bit of time. So as soon as I find out about a recall, I let all of my listeners know. So we have another one. Thousands of Kenworths and Peterbilt are recalled for a mirror defect. Now these are the 2019 trucks. The insufficient adhesive could cause the mirror glass to detach, increasing the risk of a crash or injury. It only would injure the passerby, you know, but, I mean, without your left mi- or right mirror or something, you're pretty well blinded. Packcar has issued a recall for more than 4,000 trucks due to a mirror issue that could increase the risk of a crash. The recall affects certain Packcar manufacturer model year 2020 trucks, including Kenworth T680, Kenworth T800, W900, Peterbilt 567, and Peterbilt 579. According to NHTSA, these trucks are increased risk of the mirror glass detaching from the carrier plate due to inadequate adhesive. This, in turn, could impair the driver's visibility. If the mirror glass detaches completely, it could become a road debris and increase the risk of a crash or injury. Packcar will contact truck owners about the recall via notification letter and dealerships will inspect the mirrors and replace defective parts for free if necessary. Now it's not saying when this is going to start. Truck owners with questions about the recall may contact Packcar customer service. Kenworth owners can call 1-425-828-5888 and reference recall number 19KWC. Peterbilt owners could call 1-940-591-4220 and reference recall number 19PBC. So 19KW or 19Peterbilt. Again, if you want to look for this article, I will have the link in the show notes, which you go with it. In order to find the show notes, I'll just pause here for a second. Uh, of reading the news. If you want to find the show notes, just go to juliastruckacafe.com, click on the cafe menu. That's the hub of everything, is the cafe menu tab. When you tap on the cafe menu tab, it'll be a drop-down menu where you have a list of everything that's there, from cooking in your truck, to shows, to show notes, to even the page of stupid that drivers do. So just click on the show notes tab, go to the links, and I'll have this this episode listed. And then you can click on the links yourself. An even easier option would be to just sign up to my email list. And I will send you these articles right in your inbox. And you could read them for yourself at your leisure. 
So let's get back to the news. Pilot sues the shutdown trucking company over $800,000 in unpaid fuel charges. And it's not really $800,000. There again, CDL Life is loving to exaggerate. A recently shuttered trucking company is facing more bad news as a truck stop giant pilot has filed suit over hundreds of thousands of dollars in unpaid fuel charges. Yeah, they just up and shut down and they just left everybody holding the bag. I mean, how dirty is that? On Tuesday, June 11th, Pilot Travel Centers filed a civil lawsuit against the now-closed and defunct Youngstown-based trucking company Falcon Transport, LLC, in Mahoning County, Common Pleas Court in Ohio, according to a report from Youngstown Vindicator. Counterpoint Capital Partners, which bought Falcon in 2017, was also named in this lawsuit. The suit claims that Pilot would invoice Falcon for fuel purchased by its drivers, but that when the company suddenly closed on April 27th, invoices from April 11th to April 25th were not paid, the invoices totaling $796,983, according to the lawsuit. So it's not over $800,000, see. The suit seeks the unpaid fuel costs plus interest and litigation costs. Well, of course. When Falcon closed unexpectedly, they informed their 585 truck drivers via email and text message to let them know that the company was closing down and that they must stop working immediately. More than 100 office and administrative workers were also laid off. No, they, well, I guess they would be laid off. At the time, many drivers reported being stranded out on the road with no way to get home. Falcon later said that they didn't inform the drivers about the mass layoff because doing so would have hurt their chances of obtaining further funding. Well, guess what? You didn't obtain the further funding and you left everybody in the fucking lurch. Excuse my language. That was pretty doggone dirty. So, you know, Falcon is in, is in a boodle of hot water. So a Sioux tribe forces a semi-truck off of the reservation. Now, this has been reported on June 14th. The tribe says that your truck was hauling pipeline materials, but the company building the Keystone XL pipeline says it wasn't their truck. Sioux Tribal Police forced a truck driver off of a South Dakota reservation after accusing him of illegally hauling materials for the Keystone XL pipeline. The incident took place around 5 o'clock on June 10th at the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe Reservation, according to reports from the Rapid City Journal. According to a news release from the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe, the incident began when tribal members noticed an oversized truck without a pilot vehicle parking in a gas station parking lot in Eagle Butte, South Dakota. They surrounded the truck to keep it from leaving the parking lot. In images captured at the scene, you can see a tribal member laying under the truck while another stands on the truck. Tribal members say that they were able to identify that the truck was hauling freight for the Keystone XL pipeline and that the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe Police Department escorted the truck off the reservation in the truck direction that the truck had arrived. A tribal resolution bans all Keystone XL vehicles from the reservation. Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe Chairman Harold Frazier said in a news release, quote, This is Sioux territory. We will not stand for more encroachments and defilement of our land. 
Any vehicles or personnel working on the Keystone XL pipeline are not welcome on the reservation. I would like to thank the tribal members who brought this to our attention and stand with them in our opposition to the XL pipeline. Grassroots organizer Joy Braun, who was at the scene, told local news outlets that she heard the truck driver mention that he was en route to Bakken oil fields in North Dakota. She also said that she was told that the driver's manifest mentioned Keystone XL pipeline builder TC Energy, that she herself did not see the manifest. No injuries were reported and no arrests were made. TC Energy denies that the truck in question was hauling a load for their company. Spokesperson Sarah Rayburn said, We work closely with our crews and contractors on their schedules to ensure their safety and ensure the safety delivering of our materials. In addition, we currently do not have any activity in the region. We build pipe and are not an oil or gas producer that would move its products by truck. The South Dakota Department of Public Safety said that they are unable to confirm or deny whether the truck was hauling pipeline materials or not. A truck driver who went missing from a truck stop is okay, says his family. So an original report about Alabama, I cannot talk today. Y'all laughing at me? Alabama police are searching for a FedEx truck driver who went missing after stopping at a pilot truck stop. Police say that Texas-based truck driver Bertram Moore, 64, has gone missing after parking his truck at a pilot center location in Priceville, Alabama, near the intersection of I-65 and Highway 67. Moore was last heard from on Wednesday, June 12th. Moore's daughter called police after she was unable to contact him. As of Friday morning, June 14th, police say that they have thoroughly searched the pilot property and do not believe that Moore is still there. I live in Priceville this morning following the search of a missing FedEx driver. Bertrand Moore's truck and trailer is at the pilot off of Highway 67 and I-65. Priceville police just told me they conducted a thorough search last night and there's no reason to believe he's at the pilot. Authorities say that Moore is diabetic and that he could have suffered from a medical emergency. Multiple law enforcement agencies have joined the search for more, and they gave a number if you had any more information. Now, the update is family members say that he was reported missing from the truck stop, that he's okay, that his sister um, has spoken to her brother, and that he's fine. Police have not yet spoken to more, and it isn't clear where he was during that time that, that multiple law enforcement agencies were searching for him. No further information is available according to this update. I would like to take a moment and thank all of you who tune in every week to listen to me. Any new subscribers, please um, go back to my previous episodes. I've been doing this for about a year and I have different episodes about what you should carry in your truck, what appliances are good in your truck, those kinds of things, uh, learning if you're new to the road. So please check back on the previous podcast from 2018. That would be great. You could find me on iTunes, on iHeartRadio, on Spotify, Spreaker. All the links are on the bottom in the description of every podcast. I'm also on YouTube. If you're new to uh to the cafe you can check all that out on the website at julia's truck and cafe like i mentioned earlier under the cafe menu please like us on facebook i'm also on there 
and don't forget to join our discussion group at Julius Truck and Cafe Regulars. I and also thank you to a lot of the new members that have joined the Truck and Cafe Regulars discussion group. If you have anything that you want to share, videos, something funny, anything like that, please do. It's pretty well open. I ask that you do not share any links. That's the only um, rule that I have. Any links to other groups. You could share links to articles and those kind of things. That's fine. But any links to any kind of other trucking podcast or anything, that's just not cool. That's To me, that's rude. I wouldn't do that in somebody else's in somebody else's group. So any links to any other trucking podcast and stuff, uh, that's just, please don't share that. But any kind of articles or any kind of funnies or um, something that you see out on the road, you can please share it in our discussion group at Julius Truck and Cafe Regulars. That's on Facebook. Please also subscribe to our email list. And I can send you the show notes right to your inbox. This way you don't have to keep coming back to the website. Which I'm glad that you do to view the articles that I reference in every show. In the future, if I'll have new things coming to coming out, if you're on the email list, you'll have priority in getting those new things that are in the works. And before I forget, please feel free to leave a comment on the bottom of any episode that you listen to. I read each and every one. Also, if you have an idea for an upcoming show, please feel free to email me. My email is info at juliastruckedcafe.com. That's info at juliastruckedcafe.com. If you enjoy my show and you would like to become a patron or sponsor, you can do so by clicking the link that's in the description for a Patreon account. And I offer a free discussion with me in the Patreon. We have like a closed group there that people could talk and ask questions and this kind of thing besides on Facebook if you just don't like Facebook and you're a listener. So if you'd like to just subscribe for... You know, it, it, all the details are there once you click on the link. Again, I greatly appreciate you listening. I hope each of you have a blessed week. I, I wish all, before I forget, wish all the fathers a happy Father's Day out there. Thank you so much for what you do and all of your hard work. I'm sure your family greatly appreciates you as well. And please keep the shiny side up. And until next time. Yeah, we got a little